0: Um, for those of you who are new, my name is Joy. Uh, so good to see you here. Welcome to the family. Um, not trying to open in a um, low note, but on behalf of IGF family, uh, we want to first say our deepest condolences to our one of our congregation who passed away last week. Uh, Candy, he's the owner of Tasty Pot and Rain Cafe Seattle. He's been an integral part of our community for years, and our heart goes out to the family, and... Um, And we are praying and part of this community is not just being with each other when we are happy but we're when we are grieving we are with you so so um there's gonna be a memorial service i think this um wednesday if you guys are free wednesday um 1 p.m we're gonna be with the family for a funeral service so um with that said, I would like to welcome uh, the new faces who are in this place. Um, welcome to the parents. Welcome back, Ewa and Julie. Welcome uh, new students. Uh, my name is Joy, and I've been in this church for the past 20 years. Um, I've been here serving since probably some of you have not been born yet. And um, I, call, I dread it this year, because this year, I call it the year of the switch, because It's a switch when they started calling me from Chi Joy to Tante Joy, and I started to receive that because you guys, some of you new students are the same age as my niece and nephew, and that's totally fine. So I had a meeting with my husband with the usher team. Can we give a hand to the usher team in this house? Oh, that's one of the most powerful, powerful ministry in this church, and... Uh, we give a testimony to our, our, our uh, usher team. Hey, you know what? Me and Martin, we used to usher too in this place. We used to greet people, lift up the chairs. Um, we used to do it at the gym, our, our church. Uh, we used to set up the chairs. And they asked us, when was it, go. And Martin answered, oh, that was probably 2003. And one of them said, oh, 2003, I was still three years old. (laughs) And then, so that was, that was a bad reality for us because some of you are still in diapers. We're already serving in this church. So Ching said, when the dinosaurs still roam in this earth, we're already here. But this is a good place of the Lord. Amen. This is a good place to be. Guys, I cannot tell you how grateful I am to be a part of this community because for the past 20 years we have experienced breakthrough victory and losses sadness and happiness and they're the one who sit with us in in happy moments and in grieving moments and let me bust a myth real quick for you guys you know how many of you have heard hey don't go to IGF this those people are crazy you know like they're a cult <laughs> they just want to like take you in you know like make you a part of their church. This is not a cult. This is a culture. A culture of acceptance. A culture of love and joy and fun and genuine friendship. And this is not a cult. This is a, a culture, a Jesus culture. Amen. So when you are invited to this place by your friends, be excited because this is a good place. Just like I just tried a new full place. And it's like, hey, you got to try this. This is good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. So let's open in prayer. Lord Jesus, we just want to surrender the next 30 minutes into your hands. Lord, let your spirit move in this place. Let you speak into each and every one of our hearts. Lord, remove any kind of human pride or human um, personality in this stage, Lord Jesus, because this is not a performance. This is you ministering to each and every one of us. We want to see you. We want to meet you. We want to hear from you. And Lord, just minister to each and every one of our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you through the topic of the greatest invitation. And it's going to come from 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 10. And um, how many of you here liked to receive invitation? Birthday invitation, wedding invitations, anything. You know, you love to be invited to parties, right? But the thing is this, guys, if we receive an invitation, but we don't do anything about it, what's the point? It's just going to be a board, a cardboard, a paper sitting on your table. We have to respond to the invitation. We have to RSVP. We have to actually buy gifts and actually come to the event to enjoy the food, enjoy the friendship. So so today, God's invitation, if you go to the next slide, I'm going to read to you real quick. Do not put it off. 2 Peter 1 says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us. That person is Jesus. And the message version said, this is the best invitation we have ever received in this whole entire life. We were also given absolute terrific promises to pass on to you. So not only you got the invitation, you got also perks perks which is free food or free entertainment you know and this is promises to pass on to you your tickets to participate in the life of god after you turn back on world corrupted by lust so let me illustrate this verse um by by a story how many of you have been somebody's plus one Okay, so you are invited to a party, not because you deserve to be there, but because you're related to somebody who deserves to be there. So one day, uh, my husband's company, um, because of his performance or something, gave us invitation to take it to a hockey game. And we both love a hockey game because they get to punch each other and we get to see fights like in high school courts, you know, and it's so fun. So that invitation allow us to sit in the, uh, by the grace of God to in a private room with food, with, and, you know, like you got a good seat, you got a good view. And when I was eating there, having a good time with my husband, he's like, yeah, punch it, punch it. You know, uh, both of us, I, I had a thought, wow, I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything. I don't perform in my work. I don't perform in my boss eyes. I don't do anything. I enjoy all of this goodness simply because I'm related to Martin, to my husband. So this is what this verse means. All life, all godly life has been given to us. Everything we need to live a godly life has been given, not because of what you can do or what you cannot do, but because your relationship with Jesus. So you can live a godly life because you know Jesus. Not because you deserve it, but because Jesus did it all for us. Amen? So that's the overarching theme of my my sermon today. And if you read from 2 Peter 1, so friends, confirm God's invitation to you. His choice for you. Please don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on firm footing. So don't delay. Don't put it off. RSVP now. Say yes to the invitation of the Lord so go to the next slide press yes to the RSVP Amen. I so this is the greatest invitation ever so I want to highlight um crazy incredible story in the Bible that actually represent the greatest invitation this is a person who does not deserve any grace this is a person who are crippled a person who are um, he had a broken. Path basically but he received the world's most amazing invitation to be in the king's table um, his name is Mephiboshetz. Mephiboshetz. so allow me to just call him Bo because English is not my first language I'm just gonna like stumble in my speech so Bo Mephiboshets let's read from 2 Samuel 9 verse 1 till 3 uh, you don't need to go through the slides. Um, oh, just stay here. I'm just going to read the whole text so you guys know what the story's all about. Are you guys ready? Okay, this is really good. One day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Again, not for his sake, but for my friend's sake, who you related to. He summoned a man named Ziba who had been one of Saul's servants. And he asked, are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes. Suddenly he want to show kindness to anybody related to Jonathan because Jonathan was his best friend, right? So when he asked, is anyone still alive? The servant answered him quickly. Yes. One of the Jonathan's son is still alive, but he is crippled in both feet. And it strikes me how funny it is that the world is so quickly to label you with your witness right away. Oh, which Debbie? The divorced one, which Bo? Oh, he's the one who suffered depression? He looks depressed. I don't know why. Oh, John, the one who just lost the job? Oh, he's he's the crazy one? Is he your crazy aunt? You know, like so quickly the world label you, label us with what we cannot do. And notice here, David never asked, is there anybody qualified from Saul's family? Is there anybody worthy from Saul's family? He never asked that. He's just like, is there anybody, anybody related, just related to Saul? And he did, that's uncalled for. He doesn't need to say the crippled one. You, know? <laughs> you don't need to label him. He can just say, yeah, there's one. But why? Why does the world have to slap a, a negative label next to a name? I don't know. He doesn't even mention his name yet. He's just like the crippled one. Bam. And church, I want to encourage you today. Go to the next slide. That the world will always define you by your resume. What you did, what you can do, what you cannot do. What you're qualified to do or what you're not qualified to do. But God will always define you by your relationship with him. And are you related my soul, to Jesus? Today? So Simply because we're related to Jesus, we when are. When troubles right? come and my heart So the Spirit of God, me, can you go to the next slide? Wants me to on the Spirit today. Crippled. Basically, he said, until you come. Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive, but he's crippled in both feet. feet. Crippled. Let's zoom in and camp in this word for a little bit, because that word strike me. The original word for crippled is nakeh in Hebrew word. That means afflicted, struck by something that caused pain and suffering, that makes you deeply affected in the inside. 2 Samuel 4, apparently what happened to Bo was, was found in 2 Samuel 4.4. 4. Why is he crippled in both feet? This is the history of why he was crippled. Something happened to him when he was a kid, when he was five. And when he was five, is not a good place to have an accident. Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Bo who was crippled as a child. He was only 5 years old when the report came from Israel that Saul, his grandpa, and Jonathan, his dad, has been killed in a battle. When a child's nurse heard the news, she... Out of panic, pick him up, and he, she ran away. She fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped the kid, and he became crippled. So the Lord is impressing in my spirit that maybe some of us in this place, something has happened to us in the past that make us deeply affected and stricken in the spirit. And it might not be your fault. Maybe something has, done, has been done to you. And in the midst of a crisis, out of panic—not intentional—somebody hurt you with their words or their actions. And and out of the haze of argument or something, some word has been said to you. You're a disappointment. You're a failure. You can't amount to nothing. Look at that face. Look at that body. Look at that. Oh, you're so stupid. Whatever it is, and that crippled us, making us crippled on the inside, maybe in our self-esteem in the way we look at ourselves, in the way we walk our Christian faith. We always think that we're not worthy of God's love. But the Lord says to you today, that's not the end of your story. This is not the end of our story, amen? That's not the way Bo's story is supposed to end. Maybe there's bad news happening. Maybe it didn't happen in your past. Maybe recently, 2021 has not been easy, you guys. So just like Bo it's not just one death. There's two deaths in the family at the same day. Bad reports keep coming. Oh, Jonathan died. Your, your dad died. Oh, not just that. Your grandpa also died at the same time. And at that time, when somebody died of your family member, the enemy will also come to get you to make sure that there's no threat in the future. That's why the nurse hurried to get him. But what if somebody, the nurse, who is supposed to protect you, we're actually the one who disappoint you, the one who dropped you, the one who give you bad news. So, for example, twenty twenty one, I'm probably gonna attend like the fifth funeral next year, next next week, because bad news has been coming. And you like it or not, that thing affects us as leaders, as Even the lovers of Jesus, it affects us on the inside. And the word of God today wants to encourage you, take time to heal. Amen. Don't rush to wanting to run again and minister again. Because you know what? The spirit of God said the ministry is going to wait. It's still going to be there. But how about you? Who can I show kindness to today, says the Lord? How about you, Bo? Are you okay? Okay. Are you taking time to heal? Are you taking time to process this? Are you taking time to process your trauma? Some of you have been crippled by fear all this while. Some of you have been crippled by by anxiety or grief or sadness. Hey guys, as a leader, I just want to declare today that it is okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel mad or frustrated or brokenhearted. Because maybe, just maybe... The point of our brokenness is so that Jesus can carry us home. So Jesus can carry us back to his presence. Crippled. When we feel we're emotionally drained and limping, that's okay. This is not the end of the story. Can I encourage you with good news? The word crippled in the Bible are only mentioned three times. Two of them is to define said. Um, condition, he's crippled, he's, he's limping, he's broken on the inside. But the third one, the third one, the world crippled, not care, is found in Isaiah 66 verse 2. And this is incredible because, because this promise is what Jesus said about all of us today, our condition. Jesus, God declared this, has not my hand made all of these things in the world so they come into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on. These people are the ones I, the Lord, look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite, which is crippled in the original word in spirit. Those who tremble at my word. So the the third word in the Bible, crippled, can be found here. And the context is not as your weakness, but as the one who the Lord look on with favor. This is the one that God seeks and he want to show kindness. He want to look for you. He want to lavish you with his love. He want to encourage you. He want to restore you. Not because of your resume, but because you are related to him, to Jonathan. So first point, if you're writing it down, I want you to write this truth, download it in your heart and your spirit. When you feel crippled on the inside, something happened to you, bad news happened to you. Doctors diagnosed crippled you with fears. Of your family member, of yourself. You, you probably just received a COVID positive test or anything. It, you're crippled with fear and depression and anxiety. When you feel crippled, God's eyes and favor are upon you. Amen. Isaiah 66. He's looking for you. Blessed are those who are, are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's continue. Oh, wow. The word of God is amazing. The next one, 2 Samuel 9, the king asked after that, Where is he? So notice here, guys, the follow up question from the king after he heard that he's crippled, this person is disabled. He didn't ask, How bad? So I know he can't run, he can't go to war with me, he can't protect my kingdom, but what can he do? You know, like what actually can he do? David didn't ask that. David, you know how sometimes if we um share our struggles to somebody it's like i struggle with blah okay and then they would ask follow-up questions and the questions are very what to say condemning sometimes or kind of like scrutinizing and they will ask how did that happen anyway what happened to you what made you this bad you know and that gives us more guilt and shame and feel like we're a failure but the follow-up question that the king asks when he knows that Bo was crippled was, where is he? Where is he? I just want to be with him. I just want to sit with him. So today, the spirit of the Lord is asking, where are you? I don't care what you've been through. I don't care you've been dropped and you've been suffering with depression or anxiety or anything you struggle with. Where are you? I just want to be with you. And there's a significant story behind Lodabar, if you see this, Ziba answered, he's in Lodabar at the home of Machir, son of Emil. So David sent for him. If you look to this um, next slide, guys, I can show you where Lodabar is. Lodabar is somewhere really, really far from the kingdom of Jerusalem of where he was supposed to be. Remember, Bo was royalty. He was supposed, he was a prince. He was supposed to live in the palace no matter what happened to him. He's crippled. He was dropped. He was discouraged, whatever. He was supposed to live in the the presence of, of the king. He was supposed to live in royalty. But, I don't know, out of condemnation, out of fear, out of shame, he moved to Lodabar, so far away from God's presence. And the meaning, the actual meaning of Lodabar is a place with no words. The place with no communication at all. And the place of Lodabar sometimes depicts how we live our Christian lives. You know, we live in a culture that highlights your victories. You posted all your testimonies, but you hide your struggles. You hide in Lodabar, a place with no words. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's too painful. I don't want to talk about my struggles. I don't want to talk about my depression and my anxiety. That's not so Christian thing to say. You know, I want to go to a church where everybody bless the Lord. How are you this morning? I'm so happy. Praise Jesus. You know, and how are you? But hey, hey guys, today the spirit of the Lord wants to remind us it's time that we break the silence. It's time that we break the taboo things that we never talk about before it's time to break the silence if you go to the next slide it's okay no not that one sorry I haven't updated that but it's okay let's go to the um, to the loader bar uh, slide the, the map one Yes, a lot of Christian nowadays in our community suffer in silence. We don't really talk about our struggles openly because there's a culture where Christianity highlight victories and testimony, but heart, hide struggles, injuries, and afflictions. But the word of God today said, do not avoid the conflict. God cannot heal what we conceal. We have to conceal. We have to reveal so God can heal. We have to talk about it. We have to be open about it. We got to grab somebody to walk with us in our struggle. He's the God of struggle. He's the God who looks in favor. who Those who have a broken spirit. Honestly, in my spiritual journey too, I feel broken a lot of times, especially this year. Because it's, it's diagnosed after diagnose. It's death news after another. And even today to stand in this stage, I told the Lord, I cannot do it. That's why I've been asking people to replace me today because I still feel broken. And I told the Lord, I cannot do it. I, I still feel sad. Um, but the spirit of the Lord reminded me, it's okay to feel sad. You know, it's, it's okay to feel not okay because maybe in your brokenness, I can use you. And God's disgrace can be on display and I can testify to you. If God can use a broken person like me, he can also use you because his story is not done with you. Amen. So a lot of times I just want to be open about my struggles when I miss my grandpa, when I miss those people who left me this year, I just sat on my room and I tell my husband, honey, I feel really sad today. And, and Martin would sit next to me and he said, that's okay. I feel sad too sometimes, you know, because we lost people along the way. And he just sat there and hugged me. And that's where healing comes. Do not rush the healing. Do not rush sitting with Jesus because he want to know where you're at. He want to see you. He want to meet you where you're at. There's no more Lodabar. There's no more place far away from God's presence. Oh, Jesus till I'm found. Yes, Lord. Come on. It's your time with him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This minute as we minister as we wait upon your presence, Lord, you heal every broken heart that we have. You run to us. And you're no longer gonna live in Lodabar, says the Lord. You're not gonna suffer in silence anymore. But I'm fetching you out of your out of that deep, deep, hidden pit of anxiety and depression i'm taking you back to my presence when there's abundance of peace and joy and abundance of my word says the lord and my word i am the god of exchange says the lord my 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 son my third son i took him to the pediatrician last week and because he was just crying on the way to school for the first two weeks of school and we were wondering what's wrong and we took him to the pediatrician and asked does he have anxiety (laughs) you know what is wrong does he have like hormonal imbalance whatever and then the pediatrician um, asked him a bunch of questions and figure out that he has situational anxiety that means that he's only anxious for classroom time Because he's happy at church, he's happy at soccer, he's happy at home. He was laughing, he was free, but only for one thing that he's scared. I don't know why. So that night I lay hand upon him and I say, Lord, I want to come to you with my struggle. I don't want to hide it. I want to talk about it. Why does he have situational anxiety? I don't get it. Show me why. And you know. The diagnosis from the doctor is just a data for you to bring it to God so you can pray intellectually about it. So God can exchange your situation and turn it into a breakthrough. And God is going to turn your situation into a breakthrough. He is the God of exchange. He is the God of exchange. And the word of God that night, as I lay hand upon him in tears, God is saying to me, joy, I am the God of exchange. I am I am the one who's going to exchange his worry with my worship. I'm going to take his anxiety and put him my assurance that I'm always there for him. Even when he's alone, I'm going to take away his weakness and I'm going to exchange it with my word and my word set the world into motion. My word parted the sea. My word moved the mountains. If this is you, raise your hands right now. Let's receive from the Lord. Lord, I want you to exchange all of my worries, anxiety, with your anointing, with your blessing, with your abundance, with your communion, with your grace, Lord Jesus. And grace is not a license to sin. In fact, as you receive God's kindness, it will lead you to repentance. And today, I want to declare prophetically that this is the day that you will sin no more. As you receive God's kindness, from the altar of grace today, tomorrow, you're going to face the world and you have zero, no appetite to look at those pictures anymore. You have no appetite to, to drown in your depression anymore. You have no appetite to entertain the lie of the devil that says that you can't do it. You can't have it. You, you are going to fail and you're not going to do it. Shut up devil. You have no more say upon my life. God's word is yes and amen over my life. Today, today is your day of restoration. Today is the day you get out of Lodebar. Today is the day the king's gonna fetch you to eat in his presence every single day. Today is your day of victory because the Lord has given you, shown you kindness. In the name of Jesus, you seal every word of God. Seal every word of God. There's no more fear. No more anxiety. There's no more no more defeat in the name of Jesus. Oh, the Lord's going to exchange that. Can you believe it? Raise your hands if you know that God is going to exchange your situation right now with his victory. His victory. It's not a dead end. It's just a start of his miraculous work in your life, in your children's life, in your spouse's life, in your mother's life, in your grandparents' life. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's um, close in um, prayer of blessing.
1: Wow, what a powerful words. Amen? Again, I I want us to be a safe community in this place. I want to share just a little bit about myself this week. You know, even... Myself as a pastor, I went through very difficult time this week, amen. I, uh, I had to take care of one of our brother's family that just passed away this week. Have to meet with the wife. And then I myself got diagnosed with uh, positive, with tuberculosis. Can you believe it? It's just so crazy. The doctor said, oh, uh, you, you are tested, your blood is tested for positive for TB. I'm like... What? Uh, so they asked me to uh, to go to the hospital to get uh, x-ray tested. But praise the Lord. God is good. God always protects. You know, sometimes in our ministry, we cannot be scared. I uh, Yes, I went to visit somebody with a TB. Um, but in ministry, things happen. Uh, we just surrender to the Lord and allow the Lord to... Uh, to cover us with the power of the blood of Jesus. I, I, I asked my uh, prayer partners to just please keep me in prayers So that as I was tested uh, for my lung. Uh, the doctor said, yep, there's nothing wrong with you. You're good to go. There's some medication that I have to take to just get rid of that TB. And in the midst of that, my heart breaks. Also for a couple of people that, that needs help. I have to help them in the midst of my own problems so it's okay don't be embarrassed don't shy away from God's presence just because things get tough because our God is a God of the mountains and our God is the God of the valley you can always come to Him whether you are performing well or you are not performing well whether you are at the top or you are at the bottom man, this week's been so tough planning for a funeral and then helping a friend and then heartbreaking for another sister and then my own encounter, it's like crazy but I have a good, good God and my Lord Jesus is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all, come on I want you to be encouraged by today's message and this is the place this is a safe place nothing to hide just come and let the lord heal you and let the lord restore you would you just lift up your hands and i'm going to speak blessing over your life heavenly father thank you so much lord jesus for the word today for your grace is more than enough it is Because of your kindness, it leads us to repentance. And in our weaknesses, Jesus, you are strong. Father God, it is not because of our own strength and might that we are able to stand here before you and to serve you and to, to, to serve other people. But it is by the Spirit of God that gives us the strength, the anointing and the empowerment to continue on. Whether we are walking in the valley of the darkness or we are shouting in the mountaintops because you are God. Oh Jesus, we just cry out to you in every areas of our need. As we depart from here, Father God, I speak blessing over you. I speak blessing not only for you, but through you. I speak blessing to your children and to your children's children and to your children's children's children until the generation to come. May the favor of God be upon you and let His countenance shine upon you and you shall be distinguished among men and women and you shall be a blessing to this community. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. We bless you, we honor you. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you.